to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this belated weekly edition of Trad Tasman Talk on this Tuesday, the 12th of April, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 7pm. And I am Dewey DeBoer from Right Minds NZ, and it is 9pm here in Auckland. Uh, we are here at the... Uh, uh, the very old, the original time slot here. I think traditional time. <laughs> Tradition, yeah, that's right. Um, I was uh, got a bit of a cold on uh, last Friday, not COVID, uh, which I've still managed to escape, uh, even though everybody else I know has got it. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm uh, pretty much better, so uh, that's uh, you know why we're here on the Tuesday. So good to see a few people in the chat already, uh, and uh, uh, people people. Have, come with us to the uh, back back to this time slot for just this week oh, which is why we decided to go back to the old traditional uh, time slot because our audience uh, being uh, traditionalists uh, and uh, long-term fans of the show uh, know that it's occasionally on uh, Tuesdays and uh, we're live uh, as uh, we aim to be on the Unshackled and Right Minds uh, YouTube channels. Uh, see all the regulars have joined and we're still streaming to the Trad Tasman Talk uh, Odyssey as well. I managed to get, uh, also get uh, Odyssey up for Tim's News I'm Explosion and Wilms Front as well. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, I am monitoring the chat there, uh, and uh, I do hope to have a uh, Right Minds Facebook stream in the future as well. Um, I just dropped off my radar for this week, but it had been requested by a few people, and um, so we will get to that in May. I hope uh, we'll start streaming to to YouTube. Uh, sorry, to to Facebook as well, um, which is something you used to do originally before you got completely banned. Um, but uh, the the Right Minds NZ Facebook page has endured. Uh, it's currently being run by one of the uh, Right Minds mods and regulars here on the stream, uh, Origin. He's posting memes uh, multiple times a day, uh, and uh, the uh, the page is getting uh, some good good engagement again. So if you're into that and you're still on Facebook, uh, that's the place to be. Uh, he's still some pretty good memes to to republish on the mm-hmm. the Facebook page. Yeah. I've said like. I've seen most of them before, but they're good. To, good that they come yeah. up because they're they're sort of the memes that never get old. Mm-hmm. He does a very good job of that, and I do copy some of them over to the Instagram account, which is alive as well for Right Minds, and uh, that that about sums it up. Obviously, um, where I'm mostly active is on my Twitter account and on the Telegram channel. So, um, but if you're here, you're probably already following one of those two. Yep, I promote. Th- all my content on Telegram and Gab. I also still have uh, the the Unshackled in My Own Minds account active, and we're also on MeWe, and uh, also set up a locals group. Uh, we are always on the during these live shows on the interactive entropy software, where you can ask a direct question, or even better yet, send send through a super chat. I've put the, the links into the YouTube live chats, and there's the hyper chat option on odyssey 
before uh, the show on Friday, I was sort of uh, thinking, oh, we're going to have a, an almost COVID-free show here uh, because here in New Zealand, um, most of it's it's dead now. All of the vaccine passes are gone uh, with the exceptions of a few left-wing businesses that, that love them. Uh, and obviously they're getting, they're being heavily patronized by the, the Vax Pass lovers. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Most of the mandates are gone too, except for the border workers, health workers, and aged care workers. Um, and uh, we are still in the the red the red traffic light system here in really? New Zealand. But that's uh, red traffic light means uh, compulsory masks in most places and uh, uh, limits on gatherings up to about 200 people now. So they 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 keep changing it, but they don't they keep the color the same. They keep changing all the details. Uh, but most of the people out there, if you go out there in public, uh, most people are acting normal. So that's really the uh you know it's as far as i can see uh back to normal for me and what's the state of the borders uh, because uh, it's open to uh, australian That's residents right. and citizens uh, in time for the school holiday uh period but uh can anyone what's the status of uh, any other tourists from the rest of the world no so we're still waiting on that i can't even remember when that's uh, scheduled to happen um I believe it's another month or two months, perhaps, before things are well and truly over. Uh, oh, sorry, open. Over is a long, long way away still, I think. Um, but yeah, it's nice to uh, to be able to get uh, Australian family members and so on into the country. So a lot of people are in, enjoying that. I've got family from Australia, myself, that are here with us at the moment, which is one of the reasons why I'm taking the rest of the month off. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it, it just, just uh, happy to have that and uh we shall see where this goes but uh, there's this in terms of cases and uh, restrictions and whatnot most of it is just you can ignore it and what's the status of uh coming and leaving uh new zealand uh do you have to be uh double vax because mm -hmm. that's still the case uh, yeah yes it is uh, unless you're a new zealand citizen or a citizen of afghanistan um you have to be vaccinated but if you are either a New Zealand citizen or or an Afghani, um, then you don't have to be vaccinated. Well, in Australia, we have uh, New South Wales, uh, soon to be Queensland, uh, also South Australia, uh, Tasmania, the ACT and Northern Territory uh, vaccine passport uh, free. There, there's still many vaccine mandates in uh, but uh, of course uh, Victoria and uh, Western Australia are the exceptions and also have extra mask mandates uh, as well. Uh, we were told by our uh, Premier uh, Dan Andrews and Health Minister Martin Foley that uh, we've got to wait until the, the BA2 uh, curve uh, begins <laughs> to dip, which uh, and, it and looks then, like, and then you've got to wait until the BA three curve dips, and then you've oh got no, to wait it's the, the what is it? Uh, BA three, it seems, <laughs> didn't take off. The the new what is it? Uh, variant, well, sub variants that the WHO is monitoring is uh, BA four and BA five, which have been uh, discovered in South Africa, Denmark, and uh, the UK. But uh, those three nations don't seem to be too worried about it uh even a lot of the epidemiologists on twitter saying there's there's no cause for for alarm which is uh a lot uh, oh that's rare uh, you know it's a real yeah. narrative shift there certainly 
Yep. So uh, when the, the BA2 wave passes, uh, they, this age report on Saturday said they're preparing to scrap a slew of lingering pandemic restrictions, including marks, mandates for hospitality workers, students and public transport users once the peak in Omicron cases subsides. And uh, also uh, they are going to be reviewing the, the close contact uh, rules. And uh, but uh, of course, uh, because this government can never let go, they they want to maintain vaccine uh, passes in hospitality venues, uh, but considering scrapping them in hairdressers, beauty therapy services, uh, universities, tastes, and and gyms. So they've always got to have because. Dan Andrews has just uh, re, uh, renewed the pandemic declaration for another three months until July the 12th. It's it's bizarre in some way that New Zealand has actually moved on before Victoria's moved on. So uh, I'm I'm glad uh, for us that that's the case. Um, mm. I've seen a few comments and questions here we could probably answer at this point. Um, Colin asking, but Kiwi's moving to Australia en masse. Uh, certainly the case, I know people at work People from church uh, are, are moving to Australia. Um, it, that's been happening for a while, but we lost, I think, 20,000 people, net 20,000 people uh, in, uh, in the past year. That's likely to accelerate. Um, and I mentioned, I said, Dr. Foster's asking about Kiwis not needing to be vaxxed. That's purely for travel into and out of New Zealand. So uh, if, you, if you're leaving the country, coming into the country, you don't have to be vaccinated. Um, if you... And officially, only the mandates in the um, the border, healthcare, and aged care sector remain. So, um, but yeah, that obviously uh, various other jobs had been enforcing those as well. So I don't know the state, the status of any of those. But legally speaking, um, there are almost no uh, no no places where you have to be vaccinated by law. And uh, uh, Jacinta Ardern, uh, she was asked uh, to reflect on uh, the pandemic and what she's going to tell her daughter uh, when she grows older about what New Zealand was like during that time. And this is what uh, she said. When Neve grows up and she says to you, Mum, what was that COVID thing about? What will you tell her? I will tell her that that was a time in New Zealand's history where we all worked together to look after each other and how proud we should be. So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like I, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just saying, uh, we all worked uh, to, uh, together during this this crisis. I think that's the skin <laughs> some are putting on the, the Shanghai level five uh yeah. lockdown so this is by the the twitter account oz covid and and vax stats uh, because there there's still these uh ccp uh lockdown apologists who claim that uh the killing of uh pets of positive patients separation of tri of, of children uh from uh parents for 21 days including babies uh, publicly naming including dresses workplace of phone starvation over uh, COVID. Uh, there's still people uh, saying that, oh, it's just uh, the CCP, they really cares about their people uh, because uh, <laughs> this Twitter account says, uh, you know, if you're a so-called doctor in Australia advocating for Chinese-style lockdowns, uh, you're supporting mm -hmm. 
all of all this. Of and of, of course, Australia and New Zealand followed the original uh, Wuhan uh, yep. model almost to a T. And Victoria and New Zealand uh, became uh, became very close while Dan and Jacinta were flirting very, uh, very much uh, with a level five uh, style lockdown at uh, various times, but uh, yeah. didn't go that insane. No, and every, every it's like every single time I want to say something good about China uh, caring for its people, they they'll go and do something like this, and you're like, oh yeah, actually, uh, that's just the uh, the CCP is uh, you know doesn't actually sometimes or it doesn't believe that its people at an individual level are human. It just kind of you know works towards the uh, the common good uh, the common good in the, in a similar way that our uh, that our government is doing more and more as well where the individual people will get crushed uh, and uh, and they'll claim oh well it was you know we saved x amount of lives and so it was all right we don't need to worry about those people who who died because of what we did mm. um yeah so it's um and and, and we still see it sorry we still we still see this with businesses i'll just to wrap up that other question um from dr foster around airlines yeah so um in new zealand i think may still require vaccine you know vaccination for international travel but that's not the policy of every airline so um I'm thinking like uh, Emirates, for instance, I've heard um, doesn't require them. So if you can get an Emirates flight out of New Zealand or into New Zealand, um, you wouldn't need to be vaccinated depending on what country you were going to. So who knows? There is um, an escape. There, there, there is a way to do it. Yeah. Um, so you're not, you're no longer completely trapped in New Zealand, uh, uh, the prison, the prison colony of New Zealand. And uh, although uh, Jacinta uh, doesn't uh, face a, an election until the second half of 2023, uh, her popularity is firmly on the nose and as demonstrated by the discounting <laughs> of a biography of her, uh, this is at, uh, I think this is actually in Australia, Kmart. It looks like mm, it Kmart. Looks, it could be a New Zealand Kmart too. $5. So if you're still short of toilet paper, um, there's some. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, Jacinda's been um, been losing, or, or sorry, projected to lose uh, the past few polls. So it's uh, it's neck and neck. The opposition is polling higher than it has been for you know since twenty seventeen. Uh, so we're seeing uh, we're seeing some real uh, likelihood that that she's going to get into trouble there. Um, we have um, had. Uh, some big, big news. Obviously, you've seen the name of the show. People, everyone will have heard the the, the news as well that um, uh, Ashley Bloomfield has resigned, and uh, several other other uh, things are moving. So things are moving on and moving away uh, uh, from this, and that's not going to look bad, look good for Jacinda because she didn't really have to do anything per se. And now uh, the spotlight is going to be on all of the things that she failed to do. So everything else is getting worse. Everything else is collapsing. Uh, and that's really going to be the focus there. So, uh, with regards to Ashley Bloomfield's resignation, you'll see there, uh, why did he step down? And, um, uh, both Barry Soper, who's, a, a you know, sort of, uh, mainstream, uh, commentator who's known for being critical of Jacinda. And you can see also on the BFD, several other people with insight here. Um, I'm saying why he is, uh, Ashley Bloomfield is stepping down. People have speculated that this is probably due to the restructure of the entire health system. So the government announced uh, uh, last year or perhaps even the year before that, that the 20 DHBs are going to be replaced with a, uh, uh, a uh, Maori health authority. So 
uh, and then a general health authority called Health New Zealand. So the top job likely uh, is no longer available to a white man. Uh, so he'll be the, uh, oh, the gonna last, be, the last a, white man. a local health district, there's going to be a racially segregated health There are currently 20 local health districts, and they're going to be replaced with two separate ones at a national level, one for uh, Maori and the other for Pakeha, which is everybody else. So we're going to get a fully ethno, uh, uh, ethnocentric health system uh, and 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 healthcare that's prioritised along uh, ethnic lines. So we're we're moving towards this uh, concept of New Zealand as an ethno state, uh, or you know, implementation of an ethno nationalist agenda within New Zealand. And that's why likely he is gone because that that health structure is happening, uh, restructuring is happening. And uh, in the same vein, uh, two or three other of the most high ranking people uh, that are currently in the DA in the Ministry of Health have also resigned. So. That's the end of uh, that. That's really, you know, sort of the end of of Ashley Bloomfield, uh, you know, as as the face of COVID in New Zealand. It also tells us that COVID is, you know, more or less over. If he thinks he can be gone by uh, June, July, that's that that has to be uh, the end of it. At least, you know, outside of of purely political uh, uh, considerations. Um, so there are probably not going to be separate uh, Maori hospitals. It'll be a separate level of care within existing facilities. So uh, you currently already will get priority along, you know, racial lines or, you know, your age or various other considerations uh, in the current health system anyway. So that's likely to continue and just um, uh, increase. So you go to the same hospital, you go to the same clinics and so on, but you'll be treated differently depending on uh, uh, you know, which, uh, which system you fall into, which ethnicity you identify with, because you are allowed to identify, uh, with certain ethnicities. So if you believe you're going to get better healthcare in one system than the other system, uh, it's possible to, I guess, work your way into that. Yes. Yes. In this age of, uh, identity politics and, uh, self, uh, identification, uh, but, uh, we uh, we saw through the uh, various leaks that actually uh, Ashley Bloomfield he 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 wasn't uh, one for like all the draconian measures that uh, Jacinta no, no. acted. So he, he but but he was basically a political stooge in that sense. Oh yeah, he, he was. He gave he gave a pseudo scientific veneer to the the political measures that were implemented by the government. He sat in on. He was effectively uh, an extra member of 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 cabinet, and he uh, just rubber stamped their decision. So we could see from behind the scenes uh, data that you know and and uh, leaks and requested information through official channels that he didn't really want to uh, go with necessarily for all the draconian measures. He didn't necessarily want to go with the vaccine passes. Passes those weren't his recommendations, but those were political decisions that he then defended as as you know as a political uh, stooge there's not really any other word for it that he 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 simply presented himself and presented their decisions as being you know scientific but in reality they were political well uh once he resigns uh, let's hope that he can uh, clear his conscience uh we uh in Victoria, sadly, have uh, our uh, Chief Health Officer, Bedwetter Brett Sutton, uh, still uh, loving the, the limelight, though he's now been largely sidelined by the Andrews uh, government. The, the Chief 
Health Officer of New South Wales, Kerry Chant, uh, uh, Miss New World Order. She's on uh, extended leave, uh, hoping that uh, she uh, doesn't come back. Uh, and uh, so uh, we also have the the excellent uh, Chief Health Officer in Queensland, uh, uh, John Gerard, who uh, basically said that the uh, reason he was advising to get rid of the, the vaccine pass system is basically to end like the uh the the uh, cost on uh, uh businesses and uh, a lot of the uh, them uh, them having to uh, put up with uh, people uh, getting aggro that they couldn't come in yeah. with, a, with the vaccine. It, it's, it's, it's a, you see a little sprinkling here and there in New Zealand as well, talking about, oh, there's a, you know, what's happening to social cohesion in New Zealand? It's like, well, you know, you dropped a bomb on it, basically. Uh, and same thing with a lot of these businesses. Yeah, sure, you, you say you had no choice to enforce these vaccine passes, but I'm in no rush to go back uh, uh, because of, of the way that you treated us. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Two West. more questions here, sorry, around the, the hospitals before we move on from hospitals. Um, uh, someone's asking, uh, uh, Maori hospitals with no European-style treatment. No, that's not going to happen, um, but they probably will sprinkle in a little bit of, uh, of voodoo onto the, the European-style treatment. So they kill, there are some advocates there who argue that European-style treatment is not good for Maori, so they will um, they will Maoriize the European treatments so that they will work better for Maori, something like that, you know. So... Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Like nobody really knows at this point. And the Labour government has failed to deliver like everything. Like, there's nothing that they've actually delivered that they haven't botched up. Same thing with these three top people at the Ministry of Health who resigned. They botched up, you know, project after project. Uh, the only thing that they managed to deliver basically was the, you know, the COVID rollout. That was it. They were supposed to do a measles, measles vaccination rollout, which they spent, you know, 100, 120, 200 million dollars on. And they only reached ten percent of their target, so they they've they've flopped on on absolutely everything else, and that's just one of the you know that's just one project that they dropped. Um, and uh, I've also been criticised for drinking from a mug. Um, as I explained at the beginning of the show, I was a bit sick on Friday, and so I'm just um, drinking hot tea instead, which is unusual for the show. Yes, um, but it is a Tuesday, not a Friday. Was that, and, uh, was that brewed uh, especially for you by by Amy? She has been. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's actually somewhere else drinking wine with uh, uh, my sister, and so you know, uh, girl, girls' night. I, I had to look out. I had to look after myself tonight here with the drinks. As <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah. Amy's in the comments already, she said she moved where she stored, stored my glasses, and she's not home. Yeah, exactly. That's that's that. Ex- that's, yeah, that explains you, you, the, you. the drop of standard. <laughs> uh, in. Uh, in Australia, uh, Western Australia was the the only state to have a triple vaccinated economy. Uh, mm-hmm. So vaccine passes, <laughs> three doses. Uh, Victoria, uh, Dan Andrews ended up uh, as he has with a lot of things. Uh, we could say he backflipped or just quietly stopped talking about the uh the the need to have three doses to be fully protected given that he had three doses and still got uh, covid and <laughs> uh, obviously uh the well with the what is it the most pushed uh vaccine pfizer it's now becoming uh more or well, i wouldn't say socially acceptable but uh media uh, acceptable to, to discuss 
the the prominent side effects, particularly in the young, of myocarditis and pericarditis. Uh, the TGE on Friday uh, approved uh, Pfizer boosters for uh, 12 to 15 year olds, but then Atagi, the the vaccine advisory body, said actually no, it's not a good idea. And uh, there's been a lot of focus on this uh, AFL play player Ollie Wines, who's uh, been in hospital with heart issues, and all of a sudden there was an outbreak of uh, open discussion about on the Sunday AFL footy show whether this was uh, vaccine related. Worse off, uh, Ollie Wines too, just uh, watch this space at this stage, nothing coming out of the Port Adelaide team this morning came over. His subbing out of the game on Thursday night for nausea slash heart reasons, he spent time in hospital and yeah, it's just a, it's a big unknown as to, as to when he will play again. It may be as soon as this week, but nothing coming out of the club at There's this stage. There's a lot of this going on in world sport at the moment. Well, though. in the world. World sports. Yeah, I, I think a lot of athletes have got these issues. And are you, Brownie, referring to the booster shots I'm and the, the booster contracting shots. That's of COVID? Yeah, um, the word going around. Look, it's it's being discussed. I haven't been able to get an official line on that from anyone attached to, to Ollie Wines at this stage. But yeah, the question has been asked and put to me and, and others, including yourself, uh, by a lot of people about but a possibility of that. But it's not it's not just the heart issues. I mean, like you know, without delving into your private affairs, um, you know, you've got Bell's yeah. palsy at the moment, which hopefully yeah. you're on the back yeah. end of that. But there's a bit of that going around as well. Yeah, exactly. It's got heart issues and Bell's palsy has gone through the roof uh, since the, the boosters and, and COVID issues. So no doubt. And we had Michael. Angelo Ricci on AW on Friday night and he said that wines is it's a field there's a ward filled with people with similar symptoms in Adelaide to Ollie Wines so nausea heart issues so there has to be something more to it yeah well, and, and just we're not anti-vaxxers we've all done our due diligence with our booster shots and all that sort of stuff but there is going to have to be some study done on this mm. not just in a sporting yeah. sphere yeah. but uh, a you know like a community and, and you're right though because we don't want to get into the space we're not experts in at all but but from, oh, from we do two hours of that every sunday damien we <laughs> often do that but when it comes to the medical side we try and stay clear but um look west coast eagles have had played nearly 40 players in the four matches this year and i think they're going through issues um with players who have actually contracted COVID, not just been isolated um, COVID people, what effect it has had on them and others around the league who have had players contract COVID and then come back to play footy at the highest level. Let's look at the Mosh match. Yeah, so there you go. Um, and uh, as uh, that video discussed, uh, Matthew, Matthew Lloyd, uh, he uh, had uh, Bell's palsy recently, which uh, Tony Jones, who's the, the host of the, the show, uh, attributed to the oh, Pfizer vaccine uh, booster. And he said, we're not any vax, so we, yeah. uh, we had our boosters, even though uh, that's... What's that? That's what they're attributing Matthew Lloyd's uh, Bell's palsy to. Yeah, and uh, a similar story in New Zealand. Actually, this is not not just a an Australian one-off where oh these guys you know went off the script. There seems to be a, a real change in uh, uh, in the narrative that's happening. We've we've had obviously an official report here in New Zealand of the third death uh, officially linked to the COVID vaccine. I say officially um, because the, you know they have rather stringent criteria for recognizing these. Um, this is a, a picture here from Cameron Slater uh, from the BFD who, who highlighted some of the uh, interesting wording that was used here. For instance, they mentioned that the teenager had a very unfortunate experience, uh, which seems to be a rather disgusting way to uh, describe the fact that he died. Um, yes. Dying is probably a little bit worse than just having a very unfortunate experience. 
and also as death has become a learning experience uh, for for GPs and so on. So now they're actually uh, they're actually taking uh, a little bit of of uh, interest in making sure that people don't die of the vaccine. Uh, so you know that's it. That's what you are to them. Right? You're you are a learning experience. You're an experiment for them to figure out. Like oh, you know what? All of this you know saying it was safe and effective, and we didn't bother to. Uh, uh, you know, we said, Arnie, you know, we, we said it was perfect. Essentially, they said it was perfect. Uh, and, and people died because of that, because they didn't say, hey, look, there can be issues and risks that you should really get look into. And, and we need to be careful here. No, no, they, they, in order to basically sell the lie to get their 95% vaccination rate, they sold it as perfect. Yes, and they also said that it uh, didn't. It uh, would prevent uh, transmission, which uh, clearly hasn't been. Well, they've the had to case. drop that a long time uh, ago. I, it, <laughs> yeah, and, and the uh, sad thing you see at the bottom, of, I saw at the bottom of that screenshot as well. You don't, you don't have to bring it back up, but it said basically his parents didn't want uh, his death to be used by anti-vaxxers at the end there to promote anti-vaccine messages. So you got his, you know, this teenager died. And then you saw that his parents were like, oh, no, 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 you know, uh, those anti-vaxxers, we still, you know, uh, you know, we're still, we st we're still pro-vax, you know, don't, don't come after us, uh, even though this, it killed our son, we still love, you know, we still love science, we, we, we still worship science, uh, don't come after us because we still, we still love the vaccine, uh, which, you know, is, 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 there's another, there's a new level of sort of gaslighting that's going on here as well, you can see that in um, a News Hub article on, and they actually ran a segment on it of a 35-year-old who was... Uh, yeah, that's the uh, New Zealand injured. Project. We'll yeah. play a bit and, of that. Um, yes, they have uh, New Zealand's yeah, best comedian, Patrick Cameron, here too. What, what would happen if you did get sick after taking the vaccine and when you tried to get help, everyone just treated you like you were an anti-vaxxer? Now, Which I is want exactly to what they did for two years. ...to a Kiwi who went through that, and then things got worse, much worse. I was like, you, a body can't go through this much trauma. Like, is this it? This is a story about Hayden Harvey, a 35-year-old builder from Wellington who almost died. Out of the nine visits to the hospital, I would say four of them, I was thinking, I'm, I'm probably going to cark it. I thought he was going to die many more times than that. But no one wanted to hear about it. It's a horrible feeling to be sort of looked at like you are bonkers. Because the stigma around the word vaccine, it has made what should be a very supportive recovery journey turn into a war. In September last year, Hayden, like millions of others, got his first Pfizer vaccine. Two weeks later, while he and fiance Jax were looking at wedding venues in Nelson, he started feeling like he was having a heart attack. I went to bed and woke up at about, I think it was about 3am, with like severe chest pain. Every time my heartbeat was like, like a real deep stabbing pain. And I was like, babe, we're gonna, I'm in a bad way. Well, I'm, I think I'm dying. And then we shot to the hospital in Nelson and we're like, oh yeah, you got pericarditis. Pericarditis is the inflammation of the pericardium, the thin sac surrounding the heart. When it gets swollen, blood and fluid can leak. It's like someone sitting on your chest with a fire burning inside you. Since that day in September, Hayden has been rushed to hospital every few weeks. I've been in and out of hospital nine times, been admitted to cardiology twice. My things that I've had has been pericarditis, like a pleural infusion, um, electasis. I think it's electasis. It's your bottom, my bottom left of my lung collapsed anyway. Not knowing what's going to happen, 
to the person that you love is being really, really hard and to do that over and over and over and over. I... Uh, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, it, goes but... on. It, it goes on and like the entire story is tragic. I think that the, the, what I refer to as gaslighting before is that they, you know, the, the, you have these presenters who are like, oh, you know, oh, we really care. This is so sad that, he, you know, his, he was laughed at and his story was ignored. They were part of that, right? They yes, Patrick Gower they, is they the They were on the front line of making sure that this did not get reported on. They were on the front line of making sure that these people were ignored. They were on the front line of, of basically making sure that people died because they didn't get care because people would laugh at them if they tried to because, hey, the vaccines face sort of safe and effective and it's not gonna it's not gonna harm you because it's it's per, you know because it's perfect. That's how they sold it. And and now they're just pretending like, oh yeah, we really care. Yeah. And how can like obviously he can't be anti-vax since he took the vax and got an in, yeah. got an injury. And he still has oh. to explain he still has to explain I'm not anti-vax, not anti-vax a hundred times. Uh, you know, because that's the only reason I could they were like, oh, we care because he's not an anti-vax. So it- and, and, and that's basically implying that uh, if you uh, report on uh, vaccine side effects injuries, even though they're facts, uh, you're anti-vax, even though. Exactly. And yeah, this is uh, uh, this has been the the absolute uh, uh, absurdity uh, of the past year. We have uh, a, the Doty Institute and uh, Monash University here in Melbourne working on second-generation COVID vaccines, which uh, they are hoping will prevent transmission. And uh, I just hope, uh, well, with this second generation, uh, they take their time uh, to go through, like, don't rush uh, things uh, because the the vaccines, they have been effective in the vulnerable uh, populations. They're the, the elderly, those who... Uh, who were most at risk from COVID, uh, but uh, there there hasn't been this uh, this uh, cost benefit by forcing the the vaccine on younger people. No, they, they they forced it onto people. You know, it would be one yeah. thing if people wanted to take it because it was available to take and they had all the information. They were effectively people were forced into it. Right, that's the only way they got to their ninety five percent is because they forced, they coerced. And they manipulated people into it, uh, and then and then you know, uh, and and that's why now comes the gaslighting because they have to admit like, oh, oops, sorry, some people did get hurt by this. That was immoral, but now we're going to just totally ignore that that we were the ones who supported that immoral stuff. Um, I see a comment here as well from uh, from Origin pointing out that Rory Nine was one of the three people who died as well. And uh, see from Hutching here that Gower's not interviewing his widow, right? For instance, because she's an anti-vaxxer, right? So just because mm. uh, he, you know, here's somebody who died, but because she's too closely associated to anti-vaxxers, we're not going to tell her story. You know, you still have to worship the vaccine for them to air your story. Yeah, you still, and as we saw with that uh, Sunday footy show, they have to still say we're not anti-vax. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on to the Australian federal election, which has finally been called, uh, Scott Morrison went to the the, the Governor General uh, on Sunday to, to call a six-week campaign. Uh, so polling day will be Saturday, May 21. Uh, so it's we've had the, the first 
uh, starting the first official week of the the campaign. And uh, the reason most uh, political analysts believe that Scott Morrison chose a six-week campaign is so that there would be a longer uh, period of intense scrutiny on the, the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, uh, because uh, he's no longer the, the opposition leader, he's the alternative prime minister, and there's more seasoned uh, journalists uh, scrutinising him. Uh, though uh, last week, uh, Anthony Albanese, he uh, had a weird moment uh, with a, a, a voter who tried to ask him a question at a press conference. I'd like to say thank you very much for being here. I'm not a media person. I'm just a local resident. Thank you for coming to my neck of the woods. I've got a tough question. Hang on, hang on. Are you up for it? I've got a tough question. Are you up for it? I'm absolutely up for it. Okay, good. And, so uh, and question... Sorry, we can't really do that. The protocol, the, the Media Alliance will be a bit upset if we... I don't think the media will mind at all. I've, I've said, are you up for it? Are you up for it? I'm absolutely up okay, for it. Okay, so my yeah. question is, um, a few... Not so no, not, we're, not, we're, we're just taking questions from journalists, because that's what you do at a press conference. So you're not up for it? any questions. Are you up for it, Premier McGowan? Are you up for it, Premier McGowan? We're to do a press conference for the press. Well, look at the question. Okay. Thank you. Have a chat after us, mate. All right. Thank you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> said, oh, I don't want to hear the like. He couldn't even get the the question out. He he did a Jacinta there, but because it wasn't from the accredited yeah, not from media. The, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, absolutely, absolutely the case. Bizarre. Yeah, uh, but uh, Anthony uh, Albanese, he then afterwards uh, tried to allege uh, that uh, this uh, questioner. Uh, was uh, associated with the Advance Australia uh, CCP uh, bus, uh, which he claims is uh, a racist. Uh, this <laughs> was driving around uh, Perth uh, and, uh, near uh, Alba and, and Mark McGowan's uh, uh, press conference. <laughs> and this is what uh, Mark McGowan uh, thought of the, the CCP bus. Uh, this truck behind us just cutting some laps around CCP, said white labour. There's a few, been a few examples of them in some other states. I think we've parked outside your house at one stage. Oh, you, you make it. They're idiots and they're morons. And whoever's behind that should be ashamed of themselves. They go and park it outside my house and then film. I mean, if that's the Liberal Party, they should own up because it's a disgrace. Yeah. Park, I can't believe they park it outside his house. <laughs> well, the, the thing is that uh, Mark McGowan's home address is no secret in, in Perth. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that? Uh, Anti-vaxxers, anti-lockdown people uh, have posted it online. And, and well, he's got 24-hour security mm -hmm. uh, there. There was a... a circumstance last year when they they had to hide in their house because there was some uh some unhinged guy who was outside uh, yelling all sorts of uh, abuse so 
Advance Australia put out a statement saying we didn't instruct the, uh, the the driver to park it outside his house. That won't happen again. But I'm just making the point. It's not like his home address was a secret and it's not like it's yeah. the most threatening thing that's uh, been outside his home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no, absolutely. Uh, mm. I see a comment here from from Origin that echoes what I've always said said before: is Aussie politics are so awesome, so many golden moments. Uh, certainly, certainly the case. Um, well, it's very um, interesting. That you, it's very interesting. Your campaign only lasts six weeks, so we know roughly what the election date is going to be well in advance, and and yes. usually like six months in, like the date is announced at least six months in advance. Um, but that you only have a six week campaign is quite extraordinary. Yes, which, which I actually would prefer just to. Have a six-week campaign. That sounds nice. It's convention in uh, New Zealand for the incumbent prime minister to announce the election date at the beginning uh, of the year. Uh, Julie Gillard in 2013 tried to make that a thing uh, by announcing the election date at the beginning of 2013, but that date uh, got thrown out the window by Kevin Rudd, who continued the traditional guessing game of the incumbent prime minister, not giving any hint of the election date until uh, they actually call it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Anthony Albanese on Monday, on the first official day of campaigning, probably uh, thought that maybe he should have taken that uh, question uh, from uh, that voter because he couldn't answer the uh, questions from the accredited media. Just on the economy, we know that that's going to be a key focus for Australians when you know we're coming out of this pandemic. Can I ask you, you mentioned the Reserve Bank earlier, do you know the official cash rate off the top of your head? Oh look, we we can do the old uh, old Q and A stuff over fifty but different you know it? over over 50, 50 different figures. Uh, the truth is that what they have said, the Reserve Bank, is that over over the coming period, uh, the Reserve Bank have said that there'll be multiple interest rate increases, regardless of who's in government. But do you know what? Regardless the of who's in government. Okay. The Prime Minister couldn't say what the cost of petrol or the price of a loaf of bread was. He was ridiculed for being out of touch with Australians. The RBA cash rate has not changed since November 2020. The uh, unemployment rates are very widely published and available. Is it your expectation then that leaders don't have to be across these kinds of details that directly impact voters' lives? Are you just not going to answer those kinds of specific questions for this campaign? Not at all. What, what, I was, what I was not going to end, enter into as, as an auction in terms of, uh, you know, the Tasmanian unemployment rate and the various rates that are put forward. I'm happy to, happy to know that the last time I filled up uh, petrol was $2.20. Uh, I know how much the price of bread is. I know how much uh, the, the, a litre of milk is. I know about those things that affect ordinary people. I'm happy to engage with you, but I'm not... Uh, it's up to people to ask whatever questions they want. Um, Andrew. What's the national unemployment rate? National unemployment rate at the moment uh, is, uh, I think it's 5.4, uh, sorry, I, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Mr. Albanese, Mr. Albanese, can we ask Senator Gallagher, your Shadow Finance Minister, some questions? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, um, Unfortunately, I haven't seen that happen in New Zealand in a long time. That was amazing.
<laughs> yeah, and that was just uh, uh, day one. Uh, so oh, there's yeah. still another 39 days of the campaign. He had another, what is it, brain fart when he didn't know that uh, Lorraine Finlay was an Australian human rights uh, commissioner. And uh, his uh, shadow treasurer, uh, Jim Chalmers, last week uh, tweeted uh, this, uh, compare the pair, average unemployment rate, Labor uh, 5.7%, Liberals uh, 5.1%, Scott Morrison, the economy, know, know the facts. Okay. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, staffer got fired the, over that. Yeah, the newspapers uh, uh, had a field date uh, with uh, Albo's uh, uh, memory fade. Uh, this was the Daily Telegraph in Sydney. It's not so uh, Albanese easy <laughs> and has a cheat sheet uh, for him because you can say that these uh, gotcha questions, but uh, you're supposed to, like, uh, leaders and shadow treasurers and treasurers of past have uh, made sure that they've uh, recited them because they may be yeah. gotcha questions, but they're predictable questions. Yes, you're always going to get them. And if you can't answer them, you can just say, oh, I, I can't answer that and move on. But he made a really big deal out of it. <laughs> well, he said later on that, yes, I should have should have known that. Um, I apologise, I'm only human. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. what they they say. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Scott Morrison, uh, he uh, he is coming into his element after a shocking lead up into the campaign uh, with his uh, character uh, and uh, a political uh, uh, gamesmanship uh, getting into focus. But he handled an irate uh, disability pensioner quite well at a pub in Newcastle last Thursday. I was just, you work it out, 16 hours a day, seven days a week for five years. What's that work out? That's how much money I've saved the government. Well, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm happy to pass in there. Hey, no, you bring your mobs up and you don't even return the call. Yeah, we're talking, you've come here to... I don't give a shit about you. You get... Hey, I'm paying a death tax every week. Remember you went to the last election session? Well, I'm paying it because I've taken 200 out of my pension every week. This is what we should do. You've raised two very important issues, one on immigration and one on your Yes. Budget. So let's sit down with one more team. We'll All right. Now, details. who can I contact tomorrow? Yeah, we, or you can sit down with Hey, right I'm doing now. this before the election, mate, because this is two promises that you made. You know another promise that you made? Okay, well, look, we, we've, hey. had, we've had quite a chat. Hey, on, yeah, mate. no, you know, you've got to have an integrity commission. Oh, okay. Hey, I'll be too... I've been to welfare rights, everything. Okay, You've got the foxes looking after the heat houses. Jack is going to sit down with you. Jack is going to come up with a chance of What? Yeah. Hey, you better fucking do something. I don't care. <laughs> now, obviously, he uh, was quite irate, uh, swore. Uh, he was a... A lot of commentators said he was quite unpleasant with the the, the prime minister, uh, but Scott Morrison handled. He sounded the, kind of drunk or something like that. Something like that. Uh, but they were just words. Uh, they weren't a a physical assault, an act of political violence, uh, which uh, three uh, Antifa extremists uh, they uh, arranged a a political uh, hit 
of uh, an egg on the, the back of uh, Craig Kelly, uh, the United Australia Party leader, when he was at an event in Melbourne last Friday. Uh, so typical Antifa talking points, and of course, uh, their their famous uh, or infamous, I should say, for their uh, acts of political violence and and terrorism. The reason I say it was an organised hit because uh, there was the Egger or the assaulter, I should say, there was the, the Antifa person filming it, and they also had a getaway driver who also ran over a cyclist's foot uh, as they were fleeing. Of course, it happened in Melbourne, and uh, Victoria yeah. police uh, still haven't apprehended them. They're apparently uh, still at large. Uh, I thought that uh, I both... Busy checking masks. I thought the Victoria Counterterrorism Command and the, the AFP, they were going to be on the lookout uh, for uh, candidates' uh, security this uh, campaign. They failed uh, at the first hurdle. Mm -hmm. Mm. No, obviously, they, they were thinking about something uh, entirely different when they said that, you know, mm. not their, uh, uh, yeah. Not, uh, not so, uh, according to... Unapproved candidates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, th of course, there were plenty of uh, vile uh, uh, drips, as we call them on Australian Twitter, or uh, thinking that uh, it was uh, funny, this egging of a politician they don't like. But just imagine if it happened to uh, Dan Andrews or, or Albo, they'd probably, they'd probably de be demanding the egger be executed on the spot uh, for their uh, heinous act of far-right extreme uh, terrorism. Uh, they, these are probably the type of people who uh, think that uh, uh, drawing a, a swastika on a campaign poster is probably worse than a physical assault of a uh, right-wing politician. So earlier in, uh, in the campaign, Josh Burns, who's well, he's the, the member for McNamara in Inner Melbourne, also uh, Jewish. Uh, so uh, some person drew, uh, vandalised his poster with a swastika, and he said, there's no place for the swastika in Australia. I'm not putting this up for sympathy, to be honest. I've got thicker skin than that. I'm putting up this graffiti as a reminder that there are some lines sh that should never be crossed. And uh, the same happened to Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, who is uh, also Jewish uh, in the inner Melbourne seat of, uh, he holds the inner Melbourne seat of Kuyong. He said, vandalism is a crime. This kind of vandalism is obscene. It doesn't matter which political group is on the receiving end. It's just not on. Our community deserves better. Swastik is a reminder of a dark past and it's our collective duty to say uh, never again. Uh, now I don't, I don't recall uh, this 
amount of con- condemnation of uh, Craig Kelly's uh, assault on Friday as compared to just these random vandalism mm-hmm. of uh, campaign posters, which happens every election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, one standard one standard for their guys and one standard for everybody else. It's the way that it always has been. Um, we are now in the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the show, probably. Um, yeah, we're probably going to go so into over, into over time. We can do a bit of overtime, maybe skip a few items. We'll see how we go. But if you've got any uh, last minute questions, any last minute super chats, drop those in now and we will deal with them. And uh, uh, other than that, we'll I guess we'll carry on, especially because we have some New Zealand election news as well. Um, the uh, resignation of Louisa Wall uh, has uh, has followed the uh, resignation of Simon Bridges. So we've now had a, um, a resignation of a, a National Party MP and a uh, Maori Party MP. Uh, sorry, that that's a different one. Sorry, a Labor Party MP and a National Party MP. <clears throat> um, she was a list MP, so this doesn't trigger a by-election. So we only have the one uh, by-election in uh, Tauranga coming up. Uh, in, um, uh, I believe, uh, uh, 12 weeks or so, perhaps 11 weeks now. Um, one of the uh, comments of all of the tributes, people are like, oh, yeah, Louisa Wall's gone, how sad. Um, one of the uh, the articles actually quoted me uh, uh, lower down. I should have uh, uh, sent it to you so n- near the end before the uh, the big pull quote. Uh, or have they removed it now? Hold on. Um, oh, yeah, I see they have. Oh, no, sorry, that's, that's all right. Yeah, over there. Um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, stop there. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. To us. <laughs> I'm paying attention to it here. Now stop there. You're right. No, 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 it's right there. Scroll back down a little bit. Um, so before the big pull quote there, oh, you'll yes, see that even in some, yeah. even in, in, so, so after the, the big, uh, sob story from, uh, the, the, the liberal, the conservative, not so conservative MP, uh, Simon O'Connor, it was followed up by, uh, a, that a comment from some anonymous far-right activist on Twitter uh, said uh, that she was a very effective Labour MP and therefore one of the worst. Uh, that was a quote from me uh, that they didn't want to attribute to me, um, but it's good to know that they're, uh, they're paying attention and uh, even though they can't mention my name, uh, they will still, uh, they'll still use my quotes when it suits them. So, uh, in, in fact, uh, Louis, uh, Louisa Wall, um, uh, David Farrar on Kiwi Blog uh, listed uh, a number of her achievements as well. Um, so obviously she voted for uh, uh, um, redefining marriage. Uh, that that was her bill. Um, she uh, um, also uh, um, supported um, uh, protest-free zones around abortion clinics. Um, she supported all of the uh, birth certificate uh, changes um and uh you know so on so she she's been at the forefront of a whole bunch of these extremely progressive agendas she's obviously basically one of the 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 primary uh spokeswomen of the lgbt uh alphabet agenda in parliament and now that she's resigned because she was at very much at odds with jacinda that's why she wasn't allowed into cabinet um she she basically was considered to be a bit of a rogue mp and that uh, they basically created a new job for her to put uh, bring uh, LGBT propaganda into the Pacific Islands. So she's some kind of LGBT ambassador to the Pacific Islands now. 
um, because uh, she was considered, you know, uh, I don't know, she wasn't good friends. Yeah, with because him, they uh, believe too much uh, Christianity. Yeah, so the, too much, exactly. She's going to go and colonize uh, the Pacific Islands with uh, with the uh, uh, transgender imperialism. Uh, that's that's her new job. So you had all of these tributes, blah, 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 even from these so-called conservative MPs. But in, in reality, she was a very effective and therefore an incredibly bad Labour MP because most of the Labour MPs, thankfully, are useless and don't get anything done. Um, she did get a lot of really bad stuff done. So goodbye, and uh, she won't be missed. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, uh, not going to trigger a by-election uh, as opposed to the one in Tauranga. Um, we also had uh, uh, a big law that's going to be be uh, uh, that's going to change local politics in. Um, yeah, we already talked about a segregated uh, health healthcare system, uh, system. Yeah. And, and this is basically going to be segregated local body politics. Uh, the interesting thing about Tauranga, as we mentioned um, for the by-election, they don't actually have a local government at the moment. They have commissioners that are appointed by uh, cabinet, by Jacinda. Um, but this now uh, is going to be Rotorua, where uh, the local uh, council will be changed so that um, there will be extra... Uh, MPs for uh, the Maori population, so they will effectively have two, two and a half times as many MPs as the rest of the population in that area. So they're uh, sort of trying to implement. Um, it's a, like a, a reverse, uh, yeah, South Africa yeah. apartheid voting system. So, so there's some form of minority rule is where they are shifting local government to now, uh, and uh, yeah, whether. How that will go through whether the people in rotorua want it who knows uh, uh it's it's you know uh, local government in new zealand is, has very little uh impact in the sense that this there's, there's, there's a there's very little power there and very little participation this is probably only going to make it worse uh, and that sort of seems to be their plan uh just to, to set up what they call you know co-governance which in reality just means that uh the, you know most people get less than 50 percent of the say and a bunch of elite, uh, you know, appointed uh, entrenched bureaucrats who who have the the ears of power uh, are the ones who get to have you know just over fifty percent of the say. That seems to be what what this means. So, uh, and and it's certainly like this is going to go through for sure. So that's part of the future of of New Zealand, uh, as I was mentioning. And uh, interestingly, on the back of this, the Maori Party has also called for the pension uh, age to be lowered to fifty seven. So they would like to have a separate pension uh, uh, based on race as well, because uh, Maori have a shorter life expectancy than uh, Pakeha, and so the uh, the argument there that's is a, that's that a massive generalization well. by them. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing with their healthcare. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, they, you know, you you think you'd be offended if they were saying this about you. I'm not sure what you know the, the the most of the Maori people actually think. Uh, based on the ones I know, they hate all of this stuff. So it's not the you know it's not the like the common people who want this, but this is the, uh, you know, the people who have uh, have the power who are going to be redistributing the power uh, uh, to where it suits them best. And uh, yeah, that, that's sort of the argument. Oh, well, the average life expectancy is lower. So we're going to, uh, uh, you, you get to have your own healthcare system, you get to have your own uh, voting system, you get to have your own um, uh, 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 pension system and all of this to kind of, you know, uh, I guess uh, uh, pay for all the all the the trouble, uh, all of the injustice that you suffered, uh, and in reality, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute disaster. Uh, even even this is not even going to be good for them 
because of how these things are implemented. So. And now uh, we're into overtime now. The final uh, uh, part of the show is the degender and degeneracy uh, report uh, because there's been a bit of uh, this madness uh, going on in uh, Australia. Uh, in the, the, the final uh, Senate uh, estimates or Senate uh, committee uh, hearings uh, before Parliament uh, was uh, dissolved, uh, this week, uh, the the top uh, health experts in Australia uh, who are in charge of the health advice TM and the science TM uh, were asked a simple question by Liberal Senator Alex Antic. Uh, well, I'm going to finish up then because this hasn't been very helpful with a very simple question for the department, and that is one which has troubled me for a great deal of time with the bureaucracy here. Can someone please provide me with a definition of what a woman is? <coughs> department of Health. Definition of a man, definition of a woman. Anyone? It's pretty basic. Basic stuff. Professor Murphy. <laughs> there, look, I think there are, there are a variety of definitions. And I, I think a simple perhaps, one. perhaps to give a, a more fulsome answer, we should take that on notice. You're going to take on notice yeah. the question of what a woman is? No, well, there, there are a variety. It, it's a very... It's a very uh, it's a very contested space at mm. the moment, Senator. It's not I just mean, a woman who's born a woman. But there are definitions in terms of how people identify themselves. So we're happy to provide our working that definition is on those. One of the, I'm, I've only been here two years. That's the best thing I've seen thus far. Thank you so much. Yeah, so that was the, the head of the Federal Health Department, Professor of health uh brendan murphy the the guy that you saw uh sheepishly putting his mask on so he didn't have to answer <laughs> that current uh chief uh medical officer paul kelly and you heard when he uh, when alex antic asked the question there was just you heard someone cough in the background there was just dead silence yeah, but, I, um and of course laugh, but it's not i mean it's not funny but there's nothing else to do but laugh at it yes uh, but, of course, this is a question that a kindergartner could answer. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Now, I'm not sure if they teach that basic biology now in uh, Victorian uh, government uh, schools, uh, but uh, they do teach... Uh, very uh, graphic uh, sexual uh, biological content uh, to 10-year-olds in Victorian schools. Uh, this is what uh, Liberal MLC uh, Bernie Finn brought uh, to uh, the Victorian Parliament's attention last week. And uh, content warning, there's no other way to describe this but as disgusting. I wish to raise a matter this, uh, this afternoon for the attention of the Minister for Education, and I have to say it is not often in this job I am absolutely shocked. I thought I'd, I thought I'd seen everything, uh, but this one um, is, um, is uh, just, just beyond words. Uh, it is a, a, a note from a constituent who says, Hi, Bernie, this is a worksheet that my 10-year-old daughter brought home from school, and it includes a photo of the worksheet. Part of her homework was to discuss with her father his erections and ejaculation. I find this very disturbing and sickening, as indeed do I, I have to say. I have complained to the school and was told it was just part of the curriculum. 
Can you advise who else I should make a complaint to? Well, I could go on for days uh, who, who she could complain to. My daughter still plays with dolls and writes letters to the Tooth Fairy. There is no way any little girl should be told to ask these questions. Well, so say all of us. What the hell is going on in this state when 10-year-old girls are told to go home and talk to your father about his erections and about his ejaculations? What the hell is going on here? How the hell are we supposed to protect our kids when this sort of perversion is in our schools? This is what is being dished up to them on a daily basis. In a primary school. Not even a secondary school, a primary school. This is just unbelievable. It's staggering. I could not imagine the reaction. I have three daughters. I could not imagine the reaction of any of them if they were told to, to, to do that. They would be traumatised for life. I don't think they'd ever recover. I'm not sure I'd ever recover. This is, this is just deplorable. This is just deplorable. And it seems to me to be a part of the ongoing war by the Andrews government against children, in particular, in this state. Let kids be kids. A 10-year-old girl should not be exposed to this sort of material. I think, I think it is deplorable. It is deplorable. And I challenge anybody, anybody, just ask yourselves here tonight, would you be happy if you had a 10-year-old and she was told to go home to talk to her dad about his ejaculation and his erections? Would you be happy with that? Would you be relaxed about that? My God, I wouldn't be. I'd be horrified. Indeed, we should all be horrified. So I asked the minister, I asked the minister to conduct an urgent investigation to remove this material and ensure that no other child is put in the situation that this poor 10-year-old little girl has been put into at this point. Now, your uh, father, Dewey, I can only imagine your uh, reaction and disgust if, heaven forbid, that was ever... Uh, one of your like your children are very young well, at the moment this but... is why i always tell people don't send your kids to a public school or any school where you don't know what's being taught where you're not involved your schooling is about assisting parents and raising their children so either homeschool do it yourself or get some people that you trust to do it send them to uh you know a local christian school that you're involved with where you know uh you know the people are well looked after uh, uh you know well vetted and so on. And, you know, this is this same stuff is happening in New Zealand. We know it. In fact, this past week, I saw um, um, Annie O'Brien, who's uh, everybody's favorite lesbian, uh, looking into this for the platform. Uh, she said she'd seen videos where basically in New Zealand teachers were being were, were basically telling uh, 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 or teaching about how they would be able to hide this stuff from parents or telling children how to hide stuff like this from parents. Um, so we'll see, you know, I, I, I hope that in the near future, she does a report on that in New Zealand schools, but, but it is, it is worse than you could possibly imagine. And it is going to get worse. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's the, uh, the, the, uh, the grooming pandemic as they refer to it in America, but it's real here in New Zealand and, uh, and in Australia, and it is going to get much, much worse. Uh, that is the agenda. The, the groomers, uh, are in control. And uh, that, she's 10 years old, so she'd be in uh, grade four. So the just passed uh, Florida 
parental rights and education mm-hmm. bill wouldn't uh, protect her from that in Florida. But sadly, mm-hmm. no, uh, that's why they make such a big deal out of this. Oh, like, oh, we're not going to teach five year olds about about this stuff. So we'll just yeah, okay, teach well, eight year olds, eight year olds, nine year olds, whatever. Uh, you know, you got to get rid of it completely. You got to purge all of it, every single one. Uh, uh, you need to go after these people, uh, and uh, and and we need to get rid of these people. And that's the only way. You know, this will where this will end uh, eventually. Uh, but that's where it has to end. Uh, we are getting in right to the the end of the show. We are into overtime, but uh, an important uh, development uh, that I should uh, let our audience is that the Parliamentary Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security issued an interim report on its uh, inquiry into extremist movements and radicalism into uh, Australia. And I won't uh, read it read it all. It just sort of rehashes sort of why this inquiry uh, was 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 called. It's it says here that uh, while its its work on this inquiry has been very worthwhile and has informed the committee's broader work, uh, it has been unable to complete the inquiry during the 46th Parliament due to other pressing demands. Uh, so the committee has concluded uh, 37 reports in this parliament, including 22 in the last 12 months as part of its highest workload the committee has experienced. So the, co- the committee believes that uh, the next parliament should conclude this important work, therefore recommends that the government consult with the next uh, next committee on terms of reference to finalise the inquiry. So basically that... Uh, it, there was more important uh, pressing issues, basically, that uh, an inquiry into far-right extremism uh, wasn't That's considered important. that important. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, Imagine uh, my shock. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we'll, uh, we'll and- see if this... Uh, you know, like uh, if this uh, inquiry is reopened in the, the next uh, parliament. We need uh, an urgent yes. inquiry into left-wing extremism starting starting in in, in the schools, certainly. Oh, and also starting in, uh, yes, uh, well, Melbourne and... Uh, and and Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do have a little bit of good news to finish the show with. I mean, to finish the show with. I mean, most people will know, but obviously in overseas news, uh, the French... Uh, French first round of elections have wrapped up everybody's favorite uh candidate marianne le pen has moved on to the the second round uh whether or not she can win we don't know but uh by the next show we will have some kind of result because that takes two weeks and um i'll be back uh, on the um the 6th of may i believe the french elections will be over then and so we'll have a quick discussion of that and we hope um, uh, third time lucky for marine le pen yeah exactly the I heard somebody yeah. say the French elections are uh, uh, Macron. Mm-hmm. The, fr- the French elections are between two people and the one named Le Pen loses. That's that's what happens with the, the French elections for the past 30 years. Uh, but who knows? Uh, it certainly could be different this time. Yes. Uh, and it would be a very interesting time for Europe if that, if, if that happened. And uh, we'll uh, not be airing a show on on Good Friday since it's mm-hmm. the holiest day on the uh, traditionalist uh, calendar. Uh, so, uh, Trad Tasman Talk uh, will uh, be back on uh, the if I've I've worked out uh, worked out yes uh, Friday the twenty second of April uh, with Stephen uh, Berry because you're going to be away for the next several weeks. So. 
the the show will resume the following Friday. Uh, we'll have uh, it'll be myself and Stephen for uh, uh, those uh, that week and the next week, uh, and uh, you'll be back in uh, early May. Exactly. Well, thank you everybody for joining in on the show. We are uh, well into overtime, but uh, uh, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I've seen some yep. comments. People have enjoyed the we, show, we, and we um, have got a a super chat uh, from one of our uh, longtime uh, fans. A very generous uh, super chat from Clarky uh, for thirty Australian dollars. Thank you uh, so much. And uh, Clarky is a a, a woman, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> We did. Uh, I remember at the beginning, uh, miss, uh, yeah, miss misgender. Gender. You're never going to live that down. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, thank you. Yes, and she is a, a New Zealand local, so thank you for your support of the show. Thank you to everybody for watching the show, and I look forward to seeing you all next time. And for now, good night. Yep, I'll be back on Thursday for uh, Wilms Front uh, with Independent Victorian Senate candidate uh, Damien Richardson. So I'll see you all on Thursday. Keep checking out the unshackled.net and our social medias uh, for our election coverage. And of course, uh, election night panel uh, from 6 p.m. Eastern Australian time on uh, Saturday, the 21st of May. Uh, good night, everybody. Stay safe, stay sane. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.